Hi everybody, I'm Lance David Morgan with Success with Style. And I'm Rob Giardinelli, and today we are honored to have here Lane Garrison. How you doing, boys? I tell you what, actually he asked us to call him The Lane Garrison, so the, I'm going to say The Lane Garrison. That's my Instagram handle. There it is. That's I, right, I did not I make that up. Yeah, I know, that's cool. That was like a manager thing. I was just Lane Garrison, and then... They made me and then the they, Lane Garrison. They gave you a raise. Yeah. They gave you a bump <laughs> up. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, what's funny is that a lot of our um, listeners may or may not know that I interviewed you for Brilliant Magazine when you were doing Prison Break. When I was just a young punk. You were a kid. I was a kid. Me high to a grasshopper. I still feel like a kid. In 2005. Yeah. And then when we reconnected with the Iron Orchard. We did. Which is awesome. We came full circle. We went from Texas and then I spent... Many, many years, 15 years, basically, in L.A. And That's then right. back to Texas with yeah. the, the Iron Orchard, which is the film that I am most proud of. Well, welcome back, and what a way to come back. Oh, man. Man. You know what's funny is, uh, for people listening now, as I live in Austin or Hutto, Texas. Mm-hmm. Hutto hippos. Hutto hippos. Go hippos. <laughs> they made it deep in the playoffs, baby. Yeah, of uh, course they did. They're yeah. all farm boys. I know. Oh, yeah. About, I always said to my wife, because we have a daughter, I said, what if she's a Hutto hippo? Or like, I'm a hippo cheerleader. Like, that doesn't very. That you should be so very, lucky, yeah. by the way. So, you know, when we were shooting the film. We started last summer in Midland in Odessa in Big Spring, Texas. And it was 115 degrees every day. In the and shade. I, in the shade. Wow. And my whole cast and crew got sick of me talking about texas i was like man it's so good to be back in texas you see how texans are they open the door for you they say thank you yeah. they're they're just courteous loving right god-fearing good people and the cast got sick of me talking about texas and they said move back already if you love it so much and that really started to sit in with me right. really where yeah. i go you know what why am it, i not in Texas. Why right? am I not in yeah. Texas? McConaughey's here. Right. Sandra Bullock's here. There's yeah. All you great, biggies are here. The biggies. Yeah. yeah. Those are the real biggies. But <laughs> but they, are, you know, so many good filmmakers are here. And right. um, I started questioning. I said, I've never called Los Angeles home. I've yeah. always called Texas home. Right. Mm-hmm. 20 years that I right. spent there. And I was fortunate enough. My wife did not like Los Angeles either. And she was like, let's move. Great. To Texas. Yeah. And I said, take I love you. Hutto. Take me to Hutto. Take me anywhere. Yeah. Take me. You know what? I, I love it. You know. Well, if it took the Iron Orchard to get you back, that yeah. is one of the many great components of the film, yeah. which is why we're here to talk about because it's going wide this week, which is very exciting. Well, it's going wide in February. In- February 22nd. Right. It that's, starts to go. That's right. actually this week. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Take a look at your calendar. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's uh, showbiz, baby. I know. I know. I, <laughs> you know, having a kid, my schedule. Right. I don't even know what day it is. But <laughs> yeah. Saturday? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be back. And you guys, these guys are, are modest, by the way, but they were also in the Iron Orchard and they know all about how hot it was because they were hot in three-piece suits. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so hot, and we sh- we shot at the Chateau Belclair, yeah. right, the location, yeah. yes. the former Austin Women's Club. And it was 100 degrees outside, and it had to have been 100-plus inside, 120 oh. upstairs when we were all shooting up there. Easily. No AC because of the sound ambiance, yeah. right? So, I mean, limited with ventilation. Those windows didn't open, by the way. No. Right. And so there was just a lot of hot, sweaty layers that day. But it was the most fun because I hadn't been on a film set in a long time. 
or a TV set, and you know, I'm usually that guy. Who, it was my TV set, right? right. So I was right. the guy in charge of all the grip trucks and all that stuff, and right. it was a, a real um, relief to not be in charge of anything. So it was a lot of fun. And you yeah. made it a lot of fun that day. And, and oh. that was actually my first time on a set. That's right. So, like, oh, you or having a to newbie. Well, you having to explain the whole why can't the air conditioner be out because <laughs> it's 100 and, 105. And this is an older, you know, an older building that was probably built, what, in the late 1800s, oh, probably? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was an it's older location. space. It was a location shoot. So it was really 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 warm and the air conditioning would have just been too loud and well, now you never want to go on set again you're like <laughs> done it. check it off one, the, list. One, the bucket list this is not bucket that list exciting. item number one yeah but let's yeah. let's roll that back a little if we can tell us how the iron orchard all began for you personally yeah. so um a little bit of a backstory on this uh, i have a good friend from san antonio named travis Zahodnik, and he was a casting director in la and the project when uh, Ty and Houston and Camille. Ty Roberts, Houston Hill. Ty Roberts, who's the director. Chambers. Houston Hill's a producer and Camille Chambers, also a producer. The script was sent to those guys to cast. And after he, uh, my friend, read the script, he said, I know the guy to play this role, who's actually from Texas. His name's Lane Garrison. So Ty said, send the script and see what he thinks. And I'm not kidding you. This is exactly how this went down. He sent me this script, and I read the first page, and he described West Texas so beautifully. I called him right back, and I said, I'm in. He goes, what do you mean you're in? I just sent you the script. <laughs> right. I said this. <laughs> the ink I, is still I, wet yeah, on yeah, the yeah, script, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. from the printer. He said, you have to well, read the whole script, Lane. And I go, I can tell you right now from page one, I've just been doing this so long right. that this is going to be phenomenal writing. Yeah. And this is a Texas thing, and I've always been pro-Texas everything. Right. I'm in. And he said, okay, that's great. You still got to read the yeah. script. So I read it, and it was as beautiful as I thought. Yeah. I had no idea it was based on a book. Right. Very so poetic. I, it's a very it, poetic yeah. script. It, it was a very poetic script because the novel itself was beautiful. Right. And uh, the novel was published in 1966 um, under the name Tom Pendleton, who was really Edmund Van Zandt. Mm -hmm. And it won a bunch of accolades in Texas. They tried to make the movie for literally 50 years. Uh, Paul, Paul Newman, Newman was yeah. attached. Right. Clint would at Steve one McQueen, time. Warren Beatty, everyone had touched it. Everyone had touched it. And for some reason or another, the, the film just kept falling apart and didn't get made. So here it comes. I read the script. It's the best thing I've ever read. So fast forward 50 years later. Yes, yeah, so fast forward 50 years wow. later. I, I know none of this backstory at the time. And I say, I have to do this movie. It just spoke to my soul. So he said, okay, well, the director, everybody's down in Austin. And, you know, they've got to see guys and fill out stars. And, you know, they're going through the whole casting process. And... The following week, I just paid for my Southwest ticket. I jumped on a plane and went down here to Joe's Coffee Shop in downtown Austin. I met with... Uh, so Keith. no one sent a private jet for no you? No one sent a private jet. There was no <laughs> Warner Brothers jet. Well, just so you... Yeah. To keep it real, Clooney travels that way, right? Yeah. He throws on a ball cap and rides coach. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you Southwest. and Clooney You're together, in good company. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wahlberg, everybody. Everyone, on yeah. Southwest. All you biggies, so yeah. I... Uh, I sat down with uh, the producers and Ty, the director, and I just pled my case. I said, I, I will give you 100, 110% everything I've got as an actor, as a person, on set, whatever yeah. you need to be a part of this. It's in my soul to do this role. And then they told me about the book. Then I read the book, and I was blown away by the book. And it was 
two years I was attached to the film mm. and trying everything to get this thing made. And Ty was running up against walls. The economy was kind of struggling. Mm -hmm. He was trying to raise money out of Midland. And right. I said, Ty, I know what you think you need to make this, but y you don't need that. Just set a date and we'll all go into battle with you. Just set a start date and we'll figure out the way to make Wh the rest. Which are words that actors don't usually speak. No. Right? Because, no. I mean, that's you, just, no, that's you, not part of your payday. No, it's not your payday. You're not going to get paid. And I, I knew that this would be a labor of love. And I've always believed if you do something great, whether it's magazine, fashion, music, right. film, right. Yeah. if you do it from your heart and your soul, you'll end up making money. Absolutely. It's the people when you're just worried about making money, it's going to be a failure. Yes. You'll you make a quick dollar, but it won't have shelf life. Sure. And uh, it's funny because my manager now calls this film my magnum opus. And, and <laughs> that's, I, but, that's but, great, though. But Better yeah. than being called magnum PI. Yeah, magnum PI. Right. Right. Exactly. It could be called worse things. Yeah. So uh, I was attached for two years, ended up in Big Spring. Yeah. We had like the location. One Settles Hotel, right? Settles Hotel. Yeah. Uh, Brent Ryan's done a fabulous job. If you're ever going through West Texas and stop off in Big Spring for some reason, yeah. go to this hotel. It's incredible. But uh, we only had one third of the budget when we started. And this is a testament to why I moved back and mm -hmm. who Texans are yeah. mm -hmm. in general. Uh, I remember I sat down with guys at the Midland Racket Club and at Midland Country Club, and I would sit, I'd play golf with them, whatever, and talk about it. And they were all in because they were such fans of the book. Right. Because it's a legendary right. book about the oil industry. Right. It's, yeah. It takes place in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, really a wildcatter. And if you've seen Giant, which is one of my favorite mm, films, yes. if you were to take James Dean's character and make a movie That's out right. of his character, yeah. it would be very similar. Um, so we started, we knew we were like a week away from production and we still needed a lot of funds. Wow. But they kept coming in and then guys would say, uh, well, you know, I've got a oil rig out here that you guys can use and you guys can use all of my farmland and I've got a warehouse full of 30s and 40s cars. Wow. You guys can use. They literally donated. So we had the whole hotel, the Settles Hotel, which mm -hmm. donated to us. Brent Ryan was for cast did, and crew to stay in and to shoot in, right? Cast and crew to stay in, shoot in. And he gave us like $300,000 stipend for food. Wow. Take care of everybody. That's incredible. Just amount. out of his. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of money. Lobster for everyone. Lo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or country fried steak. <laughs> well, as opposed oh. to the, you know, craft services table or yeah. the right. the food truck and all that. So we we would literally Camille Chambers who, you know, I I love this woman and she, we have the same energy, would literally run up to my room and be like, "Lane, I need you to come across the street right now. You got to meet somebody." And yep. she'd pull me across the street into a guy named Bob Park's office and and she'd say, "Bob, you don't know me from Adam, but we need $25,000 <laughs> in fuel and we need to use your warehouse. And people opened up their wallets and their hearts, wow. and, their hearts like, yeah. and let us wow. use their cars, their land, their oil, their oil rigs, their crew. And so we made a movie and this is the best compliment I've gotten so far. We didn't win a festival. I won't say I'm not bitter about it, but they said to us, it what y'all won. Y'all were the best movie, but we didn't feel right giving you the award because it wasn't a true indie. I mean, y'all had a budget of about $15 million and Camille lost her mind. What? She said, so what? Re really we had like one fifteenth of that. Right. But because all of West Texas opened up, 
everything. It looked like a it huge movie. It looks like that. Yeah. It looks like that. Yeah. That budget. Well, it is film. a grand movie. I mean, it's a grand yeah. story, and and so the days of shooting were not exactly a day at the beach, right? Because no. you guys had your long days, no. long nights, and well, you you told me the story about how you had to change costume and hair. I think from uh, one one shot to the next and you had it was like the right 20 year age difference right I yeah i would say it, it was by far the hardest work of my life and what i'm most proud of because of i thought i worked hard before i'd never worked hard until this shoot i would go from first off as y'all know the heat and y'all yes. yeah. felt it on that one day but sure uh every day for 15 days straight and these were all exterior shots out in the oil fields it was 115 or 117 yeah. degrees wow. And we had a couple crew members dropping down, you know, people Lightweight. dropping like slides. Those delicate crew. Those yeah. crew, those crew. Delicate um, grips. That's all yeah, they are, delicate yeah, yeah. grips. Anyway. You know, th that crew, that crew's amazing, and I yeah, just want to keep doing guys, movies yeah. with them in Texas. But I would go, they would say, okay, you're 20 years old now. You're 20-year-old Jim McNeely in this shot. And I'd have two takes, and it would be hair parted in this suit and have them somehow look skinnier and younger, and then – Two takes later, they said, you're 50-year-old Jim and throwing me in a fat suit or you're back to 30-year-old Jim. And it was literally wow. one or two takes, and it felt like um, a one-act play. You know, right. the makeup and hair and everybody would joke with me and said, this is insane. Right. But, you wow. know, you really, for me, it was a great exercise to really do your homework, mm -hmm. know what what's going on what you're shooting that day break down emotionally where you're at and right you know well how did you do yeah, that i was going to say how did you switch how do you gears? how emotions? do you switch gears i mean because 20 year old me and 50 year old me would be dramatically different yeah i mean for for me it was the progression of the man so i would do like a a chart in in my script basically from one to ten emotionally okay. where he was okay, out cool. kind of oh, not to spoil the wow. movie but yeah. where he was spiraling right. out sure. of control right. yeah. and too much you, money and too much yeah i mean life right yeah yeah, yeah. i think that you know a, a lot of the key for me is when you're younger you're you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, mm -hmm. and you're not necessarily naive, but the world seems to be your oyster. It right. seems so promising. Yeah. And as we all know in sure. life, yeah. mm -hmm. as the years add on, yeah. complications yeah. rise. Right. And so sometimes the oyster shell shuts a little bit. Right. Right. And and Jim McNeely also, you know, as do many guys in the oil fields, drinking's a big part of who these guys are. And I wanted to take the booze to an out of control level yeah. with him. So right. it, as I part use, of his decline, the character's decline. Right. So yeah. I use that a lot as my backbone. Okay, here's sober Jim. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wide eyed to this guy is is teetering on intoxication to out of control right. raging alcoholic. Right. So I use the booze as the the backdrop to really figure out where he was at emotionally. Wow. wow. But it was uh it was an incredible it you know it's funny I knew when we were shooting it, I said, this is going to be something special mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just because, and it wasn't just because of the material, but the whole crew, everybody was yeah, so invested. They yeah. really the wardrobe were. people were amazing. The makeup artists were incredible. Yeah. The hair, everybody. Well, it speaks to the um, producing team. Yeah, it does. Right, to assemble that crew right. like that. And, and right. certainly with how you all got along. Because yeah. as you know, I mean, it's a tight it's a tight knit family. I, when I worked on things, I'd always get sort of post, post film kind of blues because you're, you know, you're separated from right. them, and you, that's right. all you knew for 
six weeks, eight weeks, however long, right? right? So it's a, it's a tight bond that forms. It was, it was tight, and I was out there, and it, the incredible thing is we shot this film in 24 days. That's, inc that's, that's, that's phenomenal. I know. Incredibly it's fast. It's unheard of. Yeah. It is. In, the, in yeah. the film world, it's unheard of. So um, huge movie producer, Mike DeLuca, yeah. who ran New Line and Sony and everything. Right. Um, he lives in Fort Worth now with his wife. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were just at the Fort Worth, the Lone Star. Lone Star Film okay. Festival, which you guys kicked yeah. ass. We did. With, we, yeah. we won that festival because yeah. Lone Star knows what's up. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and you've done well internationally. Yeah. yeah yes. In all Italy, the Italian festivals. Italy, you did really well, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah, we won in Rome. Uh, we won in Milan. It played in three other cities in Italy. It played in Spain. Uh, we're a one over there in Madrid. Um, it played in Greece. It's done... It's just, oh, uh, Ty just got back from Poland. At oh, great. Camera image where it was nominated for Best Film Opposite. Wow. Um, wow. Boy Erased. Yeah. Wow. Um, and okay. Ty was uh, nominated for Best Director. So Man. it's pretty incredible for the little film from Texas to be playing around the globe. And, right. you know, it's interesting. I, I think it's almost been playing better overseas just because, you know, here there's so much politics when you – Mm -hmm. deliver a movie right. what's being seen and what the right. studios want being seen yeah. and over there they just appreciate cinema right. a good movie is a good movie and so i'm hoping that that's kind of why we're starting this whirlwind tour and gonna do it a different way we're gonna launch where it belongs in texas and go from el paso to tyler from amarillo to Brownsville and just and you're not running state. for Congress at the same time. <laughs> no, you, <laughs> you don't or any sort of political thing. This well, is just right. The film. There, there's no Beto, no Cruz, right. no Garrison yeah. on the ballot. Yeah. But uh, I don't know who knows. Maybe I'll do that after all this. <laughs> that could be your second career after yeah. this. Well, yeah. What do you think fascinates people on the other side of the pond about Texans? You know what? It's funny because our DP is from uh, France, uh, okay. Matthew. Matthew. Matthew Blainfosse. Yeah, it's a tough one. Blain. I could barely spell oh, it. Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. Matthew. Oui, oui. So, oui, oui, parlez-vous français. So, he, <laughs> Ty says, I hired this great DP from France. He has never been to Texas. And I go, you wow. t you're taking this guy from France and bringing him to Big Spring, Texas, like nowhere, Texas. Yeah. He walked literally off the plane. He's like, the light, the light in Texas. Because this it's is, so vibrant. It's yeah. so vibrant. Wow. And you would have to pull this guy off the set. Ty was like, we're, we're going overtime. You've got to stop shooting. He's right. like, please wait for the sun. The sun is One dropping. more shot. One oh, more shot. <laughs> so this, wow. this guy loved it. And one of the things I think they think about Texans is, and it's from cinema, they think of this sprawling landscape and a yeah. lot of cowboys and right. Indians and old. The West, majesty of. The, right. The majesty that, yeah. of Texas, which in West Texas, you get a sure. sense of that. You get those vistas. And uh, yeah, you get those vistas and the light. And I, I, I don't know what it is, but they just absolutely eat Texans up. Yeah. So, yeah. which is great it's, for us. It's and good our, for everyone. Yeah. It's good for us and good for the movie. But right. Um, I, I'm so excited for everyone to see this film and see your cameo and see your cameo. Yeah. <laughs> my my 1.3 frames, yeah. which I was thrilled to be a part of, just to make the cut. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, so I have a really good friend, Matt Amadola, who was there that day. Oh, I, did, mm -hmm. you, you I met think I Matt. met him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Danny Amadola, who yeah. plays for oh, Dolphins, yeah, right. is yes. his yeah. brother. 
he sweated through his suit, at, which I've never seen done. I'm, the three people literally sweated yeah. through the back of it. We all he, did. Yeah, and he said, uh, he goes, that was enough movie movie magic for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, you like to leave all your show um, and fun at that point. So when you guys watch the movie, when you see that we're sweating and hot and look miserable, we're not acting in those scenes. Right. We, just, we just really were. And that's, and There's that no method acting going on. Because yeah. of the yeah. sweaty, hot, and the indoors. Yeah. But you know what, Lane? All this started somewhere, right? You, yeah. You had the you, the acting bug bit you. Right. How did you make your first dollar? Uh, the, oh, very first dollar. Yeah. It's interesting. So... Um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, in a small yep. town, Richardson, and uh, not so small anymore. Not, name no, name it's for not. Sid Richardson, legendary oil man. Oh, see, I did not know that. Oh, come on, this guy. I, oh, I come on, are you that. kidding me? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Really? No, wow, legendary, okay. legendary. So day. it's a full circle moment it's, that you were born. I was born to play this role. Uh, but incredible. So I started. My story is very comparable to uh, Goodwill Hunting in some way. Uh, I started as a janitor at a church, and I remember earning the hard dollar, uh, especially during the summers, my job, not only cleaning out the urinals and toilets and everything else. Great training for Hollywood, by the way. Great training for Hollywood was in charge of mowing the lawn, which this was a hundred acre, you know, these wow. mega churches here. Yeah. And by the time I would start and finish around the church, it was time to start again. So, <laughs> so during the, <laughs> the whole summer months, I wow. smelled like grass, but um, yeah. I used that money. I saved up a whopping $400 that I used and my broken down Plymouth laser. Oh gosh, I, was I remember the, those. Yeah, 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 yeah. The wannabe eclipses. Sure. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I told everybody, I said, I'm not going to go play college football. I'm not going to college. I'm actually going to LA to make movies. Pin drop. Everyone said, you're crazy. You'll never make it. They threw me this whole going away party, and my best friend ended up filling up my gas. And I'll never forget this because wow. he lives in LA now and he's yeah. a manager. Oh. And he filled up my gas and he said, if anyone can do it, you can do it, Lane, and I believe in you. Everybody else was, you know, and there were friends that were like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. You're out of your mind. You're going to fail. You're right. going to. And I just had this gut instinct that I was always drawn to movies. Right. I, I just thought there was such power in them. And my father was an artist. My mom was a pseudo musician. So it was kind of this so combination. Artful family, right? Artful family. Yeah. And um, what's a movie that really spoke to you growing up? E.T. is what I remember yeah. because, yeah. you know, and, and my parents died when I was younger, it, but there was, you know, my house, there was a lot of complications, a lot of arguing right. in the house. Mm -hmm. And I, I told this story to actually Mike DeLuca the other day, and I said, you know, the thing I'll never forget as a kid was my parents put on that VHS of E.T. and they were all fighting and the house was chaos. Yeah. And it shut everybody up for two hours. And I remember really? going, wow, the, if if it'll shut these people up for <laughs> two that hours, power can yeah. overwhelm that. Isn't yeah. that fascinating? So I remember seeing that, and then I lived by a dollar theater, the Promenade Theater, and I would sneak over there as a kid, and I must have seen Top Gun like 100 times. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And then I saw Days of Thunder. I saw Tom Cruise movies in yeah. the 80s, and I was just fascinated. And it felt like every year I was like, I'll be a race car driver. I'll be a football player. I'll be a pilot. I'll be in right. whatever. And I realized, oh, if I'm an actor, I can get to experience all these things. Yeah. And so flash forward into high school, had a, a lovely, uh, uh, I got dared by a bunch of guys I played football with to go try out for the course line. 
So all these football guys line up and I did it and I got on stage and I just started belting out this music and I had to do a whole dance routine. And the theater teacher, at the end of it, I made it down to the final line and she goes, you're not gonna get the main part because I've got to hire this professional dancer. Right. Who's not that I have two yeah. feet, but this guy was an amazing ballet performer. Okay. And uh, an amazing dancer. And he, she said, but what's gonna happen is you're gonna be in this production and you're coming into the theater club. You're joining the Fantastic. theater club. So, Which a lot of football players probably were not a member of, if I'm they, not mistaken. They weren't. Yeah. And uh, so I did my first monologue and in theater class and i remember i picked up a chair in the room and threw it across uh, across the classroom and i smashed it into a wall and the teacher said i need to see you after class as I part thought, of but but as part of the role part of the role oh <laughs> and i thought i was in trouble everyone was scared in class i thought you know oh, i'm in trouble right. i shouldn't have done that but i just got caught up in the moment she yeah. said that you're a natural kid at this and if my best friend or her best friend at the time is a manager in LA. And if I ever wanted to go out there and look him up and I, You're at that moment, wow. I was hooked and I was, I was like, really, I could smash chairs and right. I, I could get trouble. paid for this. Yeah. So I drove out to LA and, uh, you know, it was eye opening. I'm not going to lie to you when that scene, you've all seen big. Yes. You guys yeah. have seen of course. Big. Yeah. Remember the first night he's in the city, he's crying. He's yeah. hearing the gunshot, right. oh, yeah. the ambulance. That was me. I got there. I was 18. I didn't know where I was going to stay. Right. I stayed in a $39 a night motel. In the in, Valley. In, not in the Valley, in Koreatown. Oh, okay. Before Koreatown. Before Koreatown was before, a big, before, yeah, fun, yeah. Right, right. happening when thing. When Koreatown was like gangland. Right. I remember. And yeah. um, so literally gunshots going off, sirens, and I'm there crying, going, what have I done? Sure. What have I done? Yeah. And I just kept remembering, get over your fear, get out of your comfort zone. Right and go after your dream there's nothing yeah. better and you know it took me years and years of struggle about six years before i got prison break yeah. but i started writing movies and that kind of broke me in mm -hmm. and um and the prison break was a launching pad and and here i am now and obviously the career's been up it's been down life's yeah. been up it's been down yeah. as it is but very um, representational for yeah. everyone right? yeah it is yeah and i think that it's a good message for people that do want to act out there in young people that it's not all one big ride or premiere party. It's not a red carpet. It's right. not a red carpet. It's you not. Know. And you really got to love it. And you've got to, in some ways, cherish the lowest moments of your life because those are the moments that are going to make you a great artist. And mm -hmm. those are the moments Use that you're going to be able right. to pull from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, so, I, you know, in some way, life had pummeled me. Yeah. And um, and I always had a good outlook on right. it, no matter where well, I was. Well, you're resilient. By the grace of God. As most yeah. Texans but, are. Right, right. Yeah. Texan. It's that I literally think it is that Texas is. spirit yeah. and to triumph through adversity and to be able to use that adversity to come back even stronger. And it was really nice for all my friends that threw me that going away party yeah. years later when sure. I had been right. making it with prison break to come back. And it was never like a, I told you so, or a floss and flaunting right. moment. Right. It was a great moment for me because it was a reminder to all of them and to everybody else that, man, just listen to your soul and follow your own dreams. And nobody else has to support you, but mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. just have to believe in yourself. And that was the key for me is because it's a lot of rejection. That's a lot of sure. naysayers. And you just 
you've got to brush yeah. it off. And you know that in the magazine yeah. and fashion world. I mean, it's like so everybody says you can't do it. Exactly. So and prove them wrong. That's a good question for you is how how do you handle no? Like how what would what would be your piece of advice to someone just starting out as to, to the best way to handle a no? Yeah. So I will uh, completely steal this from Philip Seymour Hoffman because he's the one that taught me this. Mm. And um, he said this is obviously before he died. He said that no matter if you think you're wrong or for a project or it's too small or you just don't fit that mold um and you want this thing or it's big money or it's a big studio gig don't think about it like that and don't even worry about getting the job or hearing the word no understand that getting an audition or going into the room or even getting that opportunity is a chance to just go perform and act so just right. love the process. Okay. If you just love, go, now for me it was so freeing because I don't care if I get the part. I don't care if I get the part. I'm just going to go in there and perform and be grateful for this opportunity to perform, even if it's just for a casting director or someone like y'all. And, and that experience. And, and, right. That experience and enjoy the moment. And when you're free from all of that, usually you'll end up getting a lot more gigs than you can. And I think that there's something like in the iron orchard it was call it movie fate call it god call it what you want but mm -hmm. i really think that you hear no so that you can hear yes to the role that you're supposed to play yeah. that you're supposed to bring life into so i know a lot of young actors and i have a lot of friends that get so frustrated man i wanted this and i was down the wire in this and yeah. i just always say hey listen you weren't supposed to speak life into that role that's for someone else that's right to do and you know, I think that's a very evolved point of view, right? Because yeah. I think a lot of people, many of our listeners, w at whatever level they've been involved in show business, they don't know what it's like to be you and to walk to a casting audition, and there are seventy other guys in leather jackets, oh, yeah. jeans, and white t-shirts with sunglasses, which yeah. what that's what you're wearing right now. Oh yeah, seventy other oh folks you, in that same room. Yeah. You walk in and it's literally going for the same part. They're, they're all versions. Yeah. Of you. yeah. Do you remember the first time you went to an audition and you had and you, like, do you remember what role it was or anything when you actually walked into a room and there were 70 lanes in a room? Well, it was honestly, it was prison break. Oh, really? It was for the yeah, for the role of tweener. And I remember I walked into Fox and there was a row of guys that all were dressed kind of baggy jeans. We oh, all yeah. had the same look, same haircut. I mean, just just you're looking down the road, all these guys could be your brother. <laughs> and I remember thinking, it was funny in that moment, I was thinking, well, what's gonna separate me from all of these guys? Mm -hmm. They could choose any one of us based yeah. on physicality. What's right. the it factor so, for that particular role, right? I, I remember I walked in, that was a funny story, I walked into the casting director, a great guy named Scott Ginkinger, and I said, you can send all those guys home. And he said, excuse me? And I said, you can send them all home that I'm tweener. And he goes, he kind of was taken <laughs> aback. He goes, okay, well, you need to read for the role. I go, I'm going to read. But then after I read, you're going to send them all home. Wow. And it w I was just so cocksure about it. That's and, so great. And I ended up. And you have reading. to be. Yeah. yeah. And you you got to be. You, you got to know what, what, what is meant for you. Right, right. And uh, it was just funny. But th that was one yes for the thousand no's before and the yeah. thousand no's after. And, I, you know, it's like I said, I've literally learned that lesson that. I'm going to go give it my all and just be honored that I'm in the room to get a chance to perform it. The great thing about that for actors listening, when you do that, you know, now, whenever I go in nine times out of 10, I'm not going to get the role. It's going to go X, Y, or Z, or they need a guy that's taller, blue eye, 
yeah. it's out of my realm. But every time those casting people will call and say, that guy was a phenomenal actor. And that's all you want because they remember Absolutely. you for. And they may call you for something else. Exactly. And also exactly. never show up sick to an audition. <laughs> no. Right. Because they'll no. remember the sick Lane Garrison. Right. Who didn't right. do his best. Right. Don't show Can't, up. Don't show up. Don't show up don't sick. Go. And don't do what I did on my very first audition, which is put your hands on the casting director. Right. Oh, so, yeah. 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 What was that role for? It was some MTV show where it was a fight scene. I jumped over the desk oh. and grabbed the casting director. <laughs> and before I could leave MTV, it was literally my first audition ever. I was getting screamed at by this agent that had sent me. Was, what are you thinking? You can never touch a casting director. That is so wild. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's when MTV did a lot of programming. Right. Yeah. Right. Original right. programming. And right. it was sort of teen oriented or sort of young yeah. adult, yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Wow. YA. That YA. Was, yeah. <laughs> wow. That was when I was a YA. The original were, YA yeah. is what we'll call about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's, you know, and, and the cool thing is that there's so much content now. Right. The not so cool thing is that there's so much content now. How do you deal with that from a career standpoint? Yeah. You, you, we were talking earlier, you've been starring in Yellowstone yes. season two of that, which is a wildly popular favorite. It so has. It's been a number one show for Paramount and uh, obviously Kevin Costner's in it, which is the big draw. And uh, I've been doing season two of that up in Park City, Utah and in Montana and uh, play a really, really bad grimy guy. And, uh, the creator, who's from Texas, Taylor Sheridan, yeah. who wrote Hell or High Water, right. uh, directed and wrote Wind River, Sicario. Mm -hmm. He's a really good friend of mine, and uh, he hit me up and said, I've got this role for you. Wow. And uh, Isn't it nice to be asked? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot easier. <laughs> I was going to say, that's but much easier. It's right? nice to be invited yeah. to a role. Yeah, so, so, but it's funny, this role uh, that I play is this really bad guy. And, you know, I'm a Texas guy, and so is he. And, and a really nice guy. And, and a really nice guy in, in life. And um, my wife says, why are you always playing these bad guys? And I yeah. tell her, well, honey, it's better, better writing, and they're more fun. Yeah. And it's so Juicier far from role. who I right. am. Yeah. But... Um, so I get up there and, you know, it's a bunch of cowboys, Yellowstone, and I, I'm kind of ticked off at him. I go, I'm kind of playing the town thug bad guy. And I go, really? You're not going to have me on a horse? Right, and, as a Texan. And, <laughs> as a Texan so and get to go to yeah. cowboy camp with all these right. other actors, <laughs> um, which he, he sent them to. But um, it's funny. I saw him last week. He's trying to move to Fort Worth, too. Oh, wow. And everybody's going to Fort Worth. Interesting. But, um, Fort Worth of all places. Yeah. I got him the state flag flown over the Capitol and presented it to a Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. Day. That's the so, ultimate gift. Yes. That, that is the ultimate gift. Don't tell gift. people because all of our listeners are going to want to do that. So yeah. don't tell people what that's <laughs> yeah. really like. Yeah. Well, the cat's it out of the bag now. It's a long, arduous process. Oh, I know. It, it takes years. Do you remember your day? Um, it's still, it's actually today. Is it? Yeah. Today's? No, no, oh, okay. but it should be. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's this day in February 2019. Yeah, <laughs> we. Uh, no, uh, that's funny. That was uh, I. I got to do that last year. Then went up to the top of the Capitol, and I Isn't was that like, neat? "Man, yeah." You know, there's just that pride we have as right. Texans. Where that's it's right. Like, this is our state. Yeah, that's <laughs> come right. and take come it. Come and take it. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, what was the most interesting part with the Iron Orchard in working with? style from another era because you know it yeah. is a period piece so the kind of the clothes that you have to wear and all that what what did well, what did you draw from it and has it influenced your own personal style oh, yeah. since oh, you've yeah. done it I'm, I'm not wearing it now but i'm usually wearing that open road hat that i okay. wear in the movie and you know it's funny uh, the first time i went to wardrobe 
and uh, with a great woman named Julianne. And uh, Juliana. Juliana, she's actually going to be a guest. Yeah, up. she's oh, she going to be yeah. one of our future guests. She is. Yeah, we she love is. her. She is fantastic, and she's going to do the next film we're doing, Twelve Mighty Orphans. She's going to do the costume. Uh, oh, wonderful! That. We know so, all about that line. Right. We, <laughs> we, we, we knew it before so, you knew I know. it. So yeah, um, but Juliana, um, you know something about that era was you got dressed to go to, on the plane. You got dressed to go to the bathroom. Yeah, you, it was so dignified, mm-hmm. and you know, it, you guys look that way a lot. I look well, like a bum right now. That. No, but it's true. It's like people took time and effort um, into their wardrobe, yeah. and um, you know, first impressions are everything. But for me, the one thing I took was, oh my God, this is incredibly hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, just the, right. for that period, right. Out in well, West and Texas pants are high waisted, right? Without without air conditioning in a lot of cases, but, then too. But I've never yeah. been complimented more on my wardrobe and walking around that hotel yeah. or walking yeah. around Big I'll Spring bet. than looking like my grandfather. Especially Honestly, in this day were, and yeah. time, yeah. where that is so uncommon. Right? I mean, I mean, you know, from men to women yeah. everybody commenting right. on that attire like wow you look sharp right and i would just be wearing the costume around and so yeah. it's influenced me a little bit uh my suit collection's definitely gone up fantastic uh, yeah. yeah and i do believe that you know you should look sharp sharply dressed I don't, right I, you know yeah at the premiere down in austin i was obviously in cowboy attire but but for that most, was part of it yeah that was part of, was part of it yeah. but yeah. a lot of these times i'm really looking forward to all the premieres and the festivals right. because i've been dressing as jim mcneely would dress just be not because right. of promotion but strictly it's my one time where yeah. I, I can you resonate it. with it i can resonate and you like with it. it and i like it and my wife loves it and so everybody's we, happy well that reminds me of something my grandfather longtime texan said yeah. he said if he said, when you leave your house, leave it lo- looking like a movie star. Yeah. Even if you are not a movie star, leave your house looking like a movie star. And you're a movie star, so you're doing that. Yeah. So you're a great example well, and inspiration. Well, not today. I'm in the leather jacket. <laughs> but no, you guys you guys always look great. Well, you know, Lou Temple yeah. on the movie who plays Ort, yep. he is a sharp-dressed man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of style, a lot of flair. And I asked him one time, I said, you know, you're. this is like every day for you right i mean he really put time yeah. into it and he said the same thing he said his grandfather told him when he was young you only get one chance to make that first impression right true and there's something to be said about a well-dressed man because nowadays it doesn't happen when you walk in the room yeah you guys are dressed in sharp blazers and button-ups and i'm going to take you serious yeah you right know, there's something yeah. to be said and that's well, how you present yourself to the yeah. world too right right people right. will treat you Right. How you, you know, from just a, a surface standpoint, how you present yourself. Right. And whatever respect you want to derive from that. So right. to me, it's it's just easier. Right. Just easier. It's a little more costly, but it's worth it in the long run. What is Absolutely. it? Yeah, I know. You know? Clothing's I know. an investment. It yeah. is an investment. You know, it really is. Well, good things take time and, you know, and just the energy that goes into it. And right. you can speak to that about all of your many bad guy roles. <laughs> right. I, I, I know. So uh, tell us about... Uh, other aside from the bad guy roles so what would be like your dream role let's just well, sort of I mean, blue sky this uh okay so jim mcneely was besides him besides that jim that's mcneely my, part two uh, yeah yeah jim mcneely part two well we would love eventually after the theatrical run to do the tv show just because oh great yeah, oh, yeah. Book, oh the yeah book, the book, miniseries behind it because the book is so rich and there's so much we had to leave out right. of the yeah, book that's so true. i would love to do that role i'd love to bring that to great. life over yeah. a series 
But uh, I've always wanted to do, you know, a big action movie just because I've done so many dramas. Right. And that and do a, a slapstick comedy. Oh, that'd be fun. Because comedy I, is right. so tough. It's so tough. But, you know, it's funny. My career started, you know, minus prison break as a writer. It started as writing comedies. Right. And right. I've got two romantic comedies coming out this year that I wrote. One's called The Divorce Party, and the other's called Spy Intervention. Fantastic. And I just wow. wrote those, Congrats. and they're That's comedies. Awesome. Yeah. But if you were a comedy casting director, I could never get in the room because yeah. they just say, that dude's a dramatic actor. Right. right. So I think that that would be really challenging. And, you know, um, I hate when people kind of pigeonhole you because yeah. they've seen you do so right. many different things. and. Robin Williams was a master of that. He was a right. master of comedy, but he drama, could really do a dramatic role. You could do if you if you got the goods, man. You can you can do it all, and he definitely did. And um, so I would love a really funny comedy. Great, and yeah. I would love to do also a big action piece, just because I feel like I've done so many right. dramas, and yeah. you know, you watch my reel, and you're like, oh my god. Give me a razor blade, like this is. <laughs> I would, give me a box of tissues. It's like okay, life is yeah. difficult. Yeah. So those are those are for me. Um, those are down the road. It's something else. Well, I that's exciting. Yeah, it, yeah. it sounds like the future is very bright for Lane Garrison. Well, it is. And well, and before we depart, um, what is what is the one thing you want um, viewers to take away from the Iron Orchard and when they leave it? Who and are listeners who are not watching? Yeah. 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 yeah, viewers and listeners. Well, what I want them to do is to to go to the theater. A, to su support a Texas movie that was based in Texas by Texans. And um, I want them to go to the theater and remember what it was like to really enjoy a movie and be moved to tears and laugh and cry. And that's been the joy to me in watching this film. Yeah. In the movie theater, that was my favorite thing to do as a kid. I'd sit in the back row and I'd watch a movie, but I'd watch a whole audience 300 mm -hmm. people that don't know each other from Adam yeah. and they'd cry together. They'd laugh together. Yeah. They'd talk about it afterwards. It's a communion. Right. It's a, it's, it's a type of movie that makes you leave and you want to be a better person and you want to pick up the phone and call your dad. You haven't talked to him forever. You want to make up with your wife or your girlfriend, or you right. want to be a better person yeah. when you leave that movie sure. because Jim McNeely will teach you some lessons on how not to be in life and what's really, you know, uh, what's meaningful at the end of it. So I want them to, I want them to go to the theater and really enjoy themselves yeah. and remember it's so rare. Now we get these good movies. I mean, yeah. everything, yeah. nothing knocking the Spider-Man's and the right. X-Men's and all that, but it's rare when I remember the days when you would every other week, there was a movie. Oh, you got to go see this. Yeah. Movie. Right. Man, I was right. crying. Yeah. Oh my God. It is so moving. And you just don't get that anymore unless it's through independent film. So yeah. we need everybody to come out and support, support that, independent films. Yeah. Support, support that movie. The film, support you. Yes. Support the crew. Support the and crew. filmmaking. Really. And, and filmmaking in general and yeah. support Texas so we can do it. We're going to do 12 Mighty Orphans. That's the next one. Very exciting. That'll be in the And spring. that's also a true story. Also a true story based on a book. Can we uh, come be in that movie? Yeah, y'all can totally be in that movie. Appreciate that. Oh, cool. There's plenty of roles in that one too. And I promise you, <laughs> I, I have listen, uh, an orphan is my best role. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might be typecast. Listen, there, we're shooting in the spring, so you won't okay. have to. So that's won't be just like degrees. in a few weeks. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah we're, we're right around the corner from shooting that. Yeah. And then, excuse me, uh, we just want to keep making movies here that are awesome. have. You know, that are Texas-based stories, but have universal themes that play around the globe. And so 
who knows you guys can keep being in cameos well just i love it yeah well i'm so proud of you first of all well, having you. known you for so long I'm, I'm mighty proud of you as a fellow texan as thank an actor you. and certainly representing our state so well yeah. and we're gonna support you with 12 mighty orphans as well absolutely I mean, whatever it takes as yeah. well as the iron orchard as we continue and with well, the iron orchard where can they find out some more information on it so if you go to the the iron orchard film.com you, everything will be on the link uh where it's playing what time it's playing what city it's yeah. in and uh um, it's one of those don't miss films yes it's one of those don't miss films yeah. they can also read about it in a famous magazine the society diaries.com <laughs> it'll be archived forever that's right truly uh these guys wrote an incredible article oh you're I'm very so thankful well we were happy to tell the story behind yes. the story and yeah. we'll do it for 12 mighty orphans too and that's me in a fat suit by the way if you pick up the magazine i'm really not <laughs> i'm really not that fat <laughs> that was before slim fast hired yes. you to endorse it right? exactly yeah, well everyone i'm Lance Every Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli. And we're here with Success with Style with Lane Garrison. And we're going to sign off reminding you that great style simply starts by having a unique point of view. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.